Now they didn't tell you your meal was free, but the bathrooms you have to pay for. <laughs> and the water is only 50 cents, first bottle. <laughs> After that, dollar. <laughs> and I take the money. <laughs> so here we go. We're about to step on holy ground, and just like Moses, the burning bush, the voice out of that bush said, take your shoes off, Moses, because this is serious stuff when we're talking about Jesus and his word. So those of you that have sandals on, the spiritual ones that have sandals on, <laughs> take your sandals off. We are on holy ground. Now, those of you heathens that have tennis shoes on, because in the Old Testament, of course, it's under the law. That's what Moses was all about. He was given the law. But today, and you can put your sandals back on when we get into God's word in the New Testament, because it's all about grace. So... And if the woman sitting next to you, you like her sandals? <laughs> and if you want to switch, that's okay with me. As long as you wear the same size. So anyway, I'm so glad that they gave me a spit tune. Or whatever I want to use it for. Anyway, we're on holy ground. I love God's word. I'd rather study than eat. He's given me that gift, and there's nothing wrong with knowing what your gift is. I was talking to some lady at lunch, and I found out a long time ago that ankle biters are not my gift. And I learned that from doing junior church five weeks in a row, and I thought it was going to be a millennium before we got out of there. And I hand it to the people that can do children. But that's not my gift. And it's not, it's okay when you find out what your gift is to stick with it. Every one of you in this room has a story. Every woman has a story. And it's your story. And it starts in Psalm 139. So if you want to know what your story is and when it started, you go home today and you read Psalm 139. It's all there. He knew that you were going to be in this place today. He knew it before you were even born. Now let that sink in. That's important. And it will give you confidence that when you start with him in the morning, I said start with him, then the rest of the day you are his will. But you've got to start with him. So, I want you to know, first of all, that I'm not up here talking. There are other women with me, and I want you to use your imagination, and I want you to see them. I'm going to introduce you to them in a little bit from God's Word. But what you hear today is coming from them, not from Ruthie. So you can go out today, and anything I say, 
Somebody asked you, what did Ruthie talk about? Well, she didn't talk. The women she introduced us to, they did all the talking. So you can blame them today for anything you hear that you don't like. <laughs> all right. Now, for some time, these women I'm going to introduce you to, they've intrigued me because they followed Jesus. Doesn't that intrigue you? Say, go like, yes, Ruthie. And I've wondered about them. Haven't you wondered about them? Say, yes. Thank you. Because we're going to ask what we're going to talk about. So I want you to go and put up on there Luke chapter 8. If you have a Bible, open it up. Luke chapter 8, verses 1 through 3. I'm glad that's big print. And we're going to read these three verses, and I'm going to introduce you to these women. Remember, they're talking. They have a lot to say to you today about what it was like following Jesus all over the Holy Land. And by the way, if you want to put your sandals back on, you can, because these women had sandals on when they followed him all over that land. I've been there, and it's rough, stony, rocky, a lot of stuff in the way. I don't, know how they, I don't know how they did it, especially in sandals, but they did. So Luke 8, verses 1 through 3. After this, after what? After what Jesus had been involved in before this. Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him, so now we know what he's doing. His father had a mission for him. That's why he sent him. God has a mission for each one of you. If you know Jesus as your Savior, he's planned a lot of good things for you to minister, to do with him. So now it says, and what was he doing? He was teaching, he was healing, he was touching, he was doing what God had sent him to do. And now... Verse 2, and also some women, and some versions will say certain women. When you see that word certain, it's there for a certain reason. Because these were certain women. They were chosen to follow him. He's chosen each one of us to follow him. So that makes us certain women. You ought to go, woohoo! All right. So the first one I want you to meet... Her name is Mary Magdalene. And also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out. Let that soak in. I don't know of anybody in this room that's had a demon. If you've dealt with darkness or you've got a child, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, anything darkness has a demon with it. Okay? She had seven. Can't even imagine. We can't wrap, our, can't wrap our hearts or our head around that. It's just, it's just hard to relate to. And Susanna, or well, I forgot Joanna. How could I forget her? Joanna, the wife of Cusa, the manager of Herod's household. So we know that her husband had a good job. And this is the Herod that had John the Baptist beheaded. 
That's who her husband worked for. And when I looked into my studies, he had people underneath him that were serving. He was the boss, okay? And then Susanna, very little is written about her. All right, so now here's Mary Magdalene. She's from a small village up on the seacoast of the Sea of Galilee. And it was known for its, they were prosperous. They had dye factories and they worked with textiles. And at that time, anything to do with dyeing clothes or anything like that, you could make a lot of money. So anything I read about Mary, she was well off, okay? And then we know about Joanna, okay? Now, and then don't miss this, many others. Not, not, don't forget, who's up here? Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Susanna. Can you see them? Uh, you've got to use your imagination because they, they're the ones that want to talk to you today. And then don't forget, and many others, the no-names. They're here too. You ever feel like a no-name? A no-name Christian lady? You go about doing your thing, routine. I know that all of you have a routine that you went through this morning. I'm not going to tell you mine. It would embarrass you. <laughs> but we all have routines. And the older I get, the more I like my routine. And I don't want anybody disturbing my routine. <laughs> but the women that, that are not named here... There are a lot of women today that are going through all kinds of life, just stuff. Seasons. We're probably all kinds of seasons that are here today. I don't know what season you're in. You don't know what season I'm in. But these no-name women, sometimes at the end of the day, when you're with yourself and you're alone with your thoughts, and you think, what in the world special thing that I did, did I do for Jesus today? And you go, I don't think I did anything too special. But guess what? If you start again your day with Jesus, and you're not grumbling and complaining about your routine, did you hear that? if you're not grumbling and complaining about your routine. Some of you are dealing with parents, your caregivers. Some of you are dealing with children that maybe have some problems. Some of you are dealing with a marriage that's not real good. Some of you are dealing with all kinds of things. Anything that's in this book you're capable of having in your life, everything, okay? So whatever season you're in, and you go to bed and you think, I haven't done anything special today for Jesus. Well, yes, you have. You know, he says at the end, when we appear before him, he, hopefully he's going to say, well done, thou good, and he's very impressed with our faithfulness. And remember, none of us are ever going to be perfect in this life. 
He does not expect us to be perfect. We are perfect in the blood of Jesus Christ. That's how the Father looks at us. But we are not going to be perfect. And these girls would say to you, hey, get over it. You'll never feel like you've done enough for Jesus at the end of the day. Oh, come on. Do I hear an amen? Amen. Well, you're never going to feel that way. But that's okay. All right? So start out with him. He'll let you know what's going on. He'll guide you. He's done this with me so many times. It's, it's awesome just to go with him. All right. So now, is that all? Joanna, verse 3, these women were helping to support them out of their own means. What's that mean? Money, honey. It takes money to follow Jesus. What do I mean by that? And what, what kind of money, what, what did they have? All right? These guys had to be fed. Meals had to be cooked. They had to be prepared. What about their clothes? What about mending? What about Roman taxes? See, there are a lot of things in Scripture that are, not, that are not told to us that someday we're going to find out exactly what all they did. But the Scripture says they supported them and ministered to them and served them with their means, with their substance. And that's what that is, money. Money, honey. All right. So now I want you to go to Luke 4, 440. Luke chapter 4 and verse 40. I have read this many times. And sometimes you can read something over and over, and then all of a sudden it will just jump up off the page and hit you right between your eyes. Well, this one did it as I was studying. So let's read it. At sunset, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness, and laying his hands on each one, Did you get that? These girls saw it. And not only that, but he laid his hands on each one of them physically. He touched them. Every one that was brought to Jesus for healing, he laid his hands on. Why did he do that? I'm glad you asked that. This lady right here wants to know. He's a hands-on Savior. Now, we can't feel his physical hands on us today, but I know you've all been impressed with his invisible hand via the Holy Spirit inside your your soul. It's a wonderful thing. They felt it physically. Now, you'll never read in the Gospels about him doing this with the disciples. He had a different mission for the disciples than he did for these women. So, first of all, he touched them and healed them. That means they were suffering from something. If you're going to be used, and let me tell you, your good works are going to be, a part of that is going to be, you're going to suffer. You have to suffer in some area so that you can touch somebody else and help them. 
I'm a two-time breast cancer survivor. And as soon as I found out I had cancer, the first person that I talked to was a woman who'd been through it. I was young. And right away, we had that bond. And I've been doing it ever since. I was 47 the first time, 70 the second time. God's used it every time to help some other woman that is going through the same things. Because as soon as I tell her that I'm a two-time breast cancer survivor, you know what she does? She just... She knows I understand all of the roller coaster emotions that go with it. One day you're going to beat it. The next day it's going to beat you. That's just part of it. That's why we have to suffer. That's why his hands have to touch us and change us. All right. So... And these women up here would be quick to tell you, hey, we're in the Bible. God put us in the Bible. But guess what? We're just like you. We're made up just like you. We have emotions just like you. We have hormones (laughs) just like you. We have struggles just like you and we struggle as women different than men struggle that's just the way we're built that's the way it happens all right so now remember no matter what your season is and what god has got you involved in when you include him in it when he abides with you And that means you take him everywhere you go, in every situation. And when you're changing that dirty diaper, or when you're unloading that dishwasher for the 140th time, or you're picking up the clothes and cleaning them, or whether you're taking care of a parent, or a sibling, or a child, or whatever, when you are handling it with his hands, you're special. And he's in it with you, always. All right. So now I know you want to know, why in the world did Jesus allow these women that are up here with me to follow him? Now think about it. If you know anything about the culture back at that time, this was a no-no. And you've all wondered about that, haven't you? And you want to ask him, how were you allowed to follow Jesus all over while he was ministering. You want to know? Well, you're going to find out whether you want to know or not. (laughs) Now think about it. I love, I love how, how the Lord made Eve. Don't you? Genesis 2. Go to Genesis 2, verse... 18. Genesis 2, 18. Here we go. Looky up here. And when it says Lord God, that's the second person of the Godhead. This is how Trinity worked when, when, when it says in Scripture, let us make man in our image. Well, God the Father, God the Father, made something out of nothing. He brought it all together. 
God the Son, this is what Lord God refers to. He took his hands and formed it. There's two words in Genesis, create and make. Create is when you take nothing and make something of it. When you make something, you take something that's been created, hello, dirt, and then you take it and you make it. You form it. So there's a difference. So there's God the Father, God the Son, and what, how did the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit work? Well, he took Adam and he breathed life into him. So that's a picture of our salvation. Think about it. He took us as nothing, made us into something, and then by the power and the working of the Holy Spirit, he breathed life. It's okay in the morning to say, Holy Spirit, I need fresh oil. Fill me with fresh oil. That's what he does. He breathes it into it. Now, the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. So here we go. Woman. This is why a woman was in made. All right? Notice the first thing he saw about Adam, he's alone. There aren't enough words in the dictionary to describe loneliness. I've been there. It can absolutely eat you alive. It lays on the, on the floor of your soul. And there's all types of loneliness. There's all types of things that cause loneliness. And when you're not looking for it, it will jump up out of your soul and bite you with a pain that is hard to bear. That's the first thing that God saw about him, the Lord God saw about him. He's alone. He needs somebody to make him miserable. (laughs) (laughs) Thus, Eve. So now go to verse 21. I love this. Verse 21 says, So the Lord God caused man to fall into a deep sleep. You need to underline that and remember it. Deep sleep. Remember, this is Adam. This is the first surgery in Genesis. Everything that's ever happened, happened in in Genesis. It's the book of beginnings. All right, and while he was sleeping, Adam didn't have a clue as to what the Lord God was doing with him. Remember, he's in a deep sleep. You got that? Say, deep sleep. Deep sleep. Good, you got it. And while he was sleeping, he took one of man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. So in other words, Adam, he's in a deep sleep and he's clueless. (laughs) Boy, you are a sharp bunch of women. (laughs) So I'm not, remember, it's these women talking, not me. My sweet man, we've lived in the same house, the same kitchen, for over 20 years. It took him years, that sweet man, to find the spatulas. 
<laughs> you seen we no. So it goes back, and I know you're all relating to this, it goes back to deep sleep and clueless. There are times when I've shared things with him, and he looks at me like, and you did, now just remember, when this happens to you, and I know it does, just remember how the Lord God formed Eve. And why did he make Eve? Because he knew that Adam was going to need somebody. And he says, I'm going to make, him, make her for, to be a helpmate, to help balance him out, to help bring a, an emotion into it that he does not know anything about. Hello? And I know you've all experienced this. I've done it, I've done it over, I don't know how many times, between James and children and, you know, and all different kinds of avenues that, that they, just, they just don't get it. So don't even go there. Don't even try. But anyway, that's why, that's why Eve, and we're all made like Eve, every one of us. And another reason, Paul calls Jesus the last Adam in 1 Corinthians 13. And the Lord knew, Jesus knew, that this Jesus, the last Adam, was going to need, he knew he was going to need some women to follow along with him to fill in the gaps. Now, what do I mean by that? What about the woman? Let's talk about the woman that had an issue of blood for 12 years. And she came up behind him and touched the hem of his garment, and she was healed. Now, remember, women are to fill in the gaps. She was healed. And there isn't a man alive that understands the issue of blood that a woman has. And you know what I'm talking about. So who do you think came along after he healed her and encouraged her and talked to her and said to her, I know exactly what you're going through. And I'm so tickled that you're healed. Who would do that? Peter? Peter would look at her and go, you're fixed. <laughs> go home, cook a meal, do the dishes, do the laundry. You're fixed because that's what men like to do. But women have a different emotion. And they probably came around her, supported her. I know what you're going through. Or how about the woman, the Gentile woman, who had a young daughter who had a demon. Now follow. Remember, these women were with Jesus, mainly in Galilee, and that's where he did perform most of his miracles. So, let this soak in. You have a child that's in a place of darkness, which is a demon. And Jesus takes that demon out of that child 
Now, there, okay, she's healed, but remember there's after effects. After effects that go along with the healing. He saves us, but then he wants to clean us up from the stuff that maybe we are all about before he cleaned us. So now here's this woman. Her, her young daughter has been healed. So who's going to sit down with her and put their arms around her and enter into her tears of joy and relief? Peter? James? John? What woman standing up here is going to sit down with this mama and put her arms around her and cry with her and hug her and say, oh, isn't this wonderful? Isn't Jesus wonderful? And who's going to sit with this little girl and say to her, I know exactly, honey. Which woman up here could do that? Mary Magdalene. And why? Because she knew what it was like to have seven demons cast out of her. Now, we read these stories, and they're so great, and we think how awesome that Jesus healed them. But until you read this verse, and you're in it, it gives a whole new application to this verse. Some of us, including me right now, either have a child or a grandchild that is in a place of darkness, so when I read this verse now, it's completely different. Some of them and yours have been healed, praise God. But some of us are still waiting. And you know, I know that we are in dark times and we are so close to the rapture. I know that. But I'm going to tell you, I'm selfish. I want him to come and I want to hear that trumpet but I want my babies with me. And in the last couple years, he's given me two strong visions. The first one is serving with him during the millennium as he's king for a thousand years. He's given me that vision. But the second strong vision he's given me is seeing my babies, the ones that are not with him yet, or the ones in my family or people that I've prayed for and sobbed over for years, I see them in hell. And if you can't see that, you need to get a grip. You need to see the people that you love, that you're crying for, that you're praying for. You need to see them in hell. Because it will definitely change Everything that you say and do. I've got more years behind me than I have in front of me. I'm cutting to the chase. As gracefully as I can do it. All right, so now, talking about issue of blood. There's not a man that saw me in the frozen food section at Kroger's in front of the peas and carrots with the door going like this. <laughs> and I didn't care who was in the aisle with me. 
and I would have crawled in that sucker if I'd have fit, but I couldn't get in. Was I interested in buying those peas and carrots? No way. I just wanted their freezy breezy (laughs) coolness to, to come over me. And I don't know how long I stood and did that, and I don't know how many clueless Sleep, deep sleeping men went by me, but I didn't care. So Moses' burning bush had nothing on me. I know what it's like to be on fire, but not consumed. Back to these women. They stayed with Jesus. Now think about it. Think how they stayed with him. And if they were here today, and they are, and they're asking you, would you like to have joined us? Because we stayed through his arrest. Now put your, put your mind back there. They stayed through his arrest. They stayed through him putting, them putting a crown on his head of thorns. They stayed with him through the beating They stayed with him through the nailing. Scripture says they were there. They stayed with him at the cross. And what were they doing there? They were not only there for him, but they were there to help hold his mama up. They stayed with him through the tomb the empty tomb. They followed. They followed his body to the tomb. Scripture says that. They watched from afar. And Mary, we know, Mary Magdalene, she would tell you, I couldn't leave him. I had to stay. And a bunch of women thought they could go and move that stone. Hey, you get a bunch of women on a mission, look out. Mary stayed, and she's sobbing. And then what happens? She hears her name, Mary. And he dries her tears. And that's just a picture of what he's going to do for each one of us someday. Scripture tells us that in Revelation. They stayed with him. Filling in the gaps. Who in the world do you think took the filthy, dirty leper rags off of the lepers that he'd healed. We don't think about things like that. We just read that he healed them. Well, guess what? The filth that they had been in had to be taken off, and they had to be clean. Who did that? The women. Who cleaned up rooms? and mats that people laid on that were crippled. Who did that? The women. See how they filled in the gaps? He doesn't just save us and leave us. He saves us, and then he cleans us up. That's just his pattern. These women were, uh, they were women of pattern. We need to be women of pattern. 
So now they're up here and they would say to you, would you have joined us? Would you have stayed with us through all of the things that we saw our Savior go through? Would you have stayed with us and helped Mary to get past the agony that she was going through? Would you help fill in the gaps? When you follow Jesus, it's dirty. Your feet will get dirty and sore. Your hands will get dirty. That's just part of it. That's just part of it. So now I'm going to end with this. They were at the upper room because Jesus said for them to go. You'll read that in Acts chapter 1, verse 14. They were there, and they were waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. They also were filled with the Holy Spirit. Did you ever think about that? It wasn't just the disciples. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And I can assure you that someday, because you're going to talk to them, someday they're going to tell you the rest of the story. And I'm almost sure that the pattern that they had with Jesus while he was alive, they, were, they continued in that same pattern after they were empowered with the Holy Spirit because that was their pattern. He loved their faithfulness. He smiled at them. They saw the suffering and the sorrow. He was a man of sorrow. But they also saw a man that was joyful. He laughed. Hello, people. Jesus laughed. He didn't go around spouting psalms and the law all the time. He was fully God, but he was fully human. And he was compassionate. And he sees us in our humanness, and he still loves us. I'll never get over the fact that I know who I am, and I know what I struggle with inside of me. And I still cannot get over that he wants to use me in some way. It blows my mind. So, they will ask you right now, who are you following? Father, thank you so much for allowing us to serve you, for allowing us to know you, for allowing us to know your word. Thank you for being our friend, our savior, our king, our shepherd. Thank you for filling in our gaps and help us to be staying women in these dark times and help us to help you fill in the gaps. In Jesus' name, amen.